took prize in Carolina. Got high smoking joints, and now they know my name in Paris. But I'll be buried in Detroit next to my father and my father's father too. I used to live in New York City, but baby, that ain't no substitute. Not for my hometown, that place people avoid. I've made love in every city, but I'll be buried in Detroit. Oh. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we are live from Detroit Lions versus New York Giants joint practices. we got Dan Duggan in the van later, which we'll talk about. We'll do our five guys to watch for in the preseason. But we'll start uh, with, you know, talking about the actual practices, which was really cool. Like, joint practices are always something I've wanted to observe. You're seeing, like, real competition in a lot of different situations versus other teams. I, I really enjoyed seeing it out there. The Giants, I was on offensive duty. You were on defense. Yep. I, deep Giants offense looked really sloppy, you know, starting with Daniel Jones day one. Day two, it looked a lot better, um, but it was cool to be out here, Justin. Yeah, tale of two days, especially it feels like for the Giants offense, and maybe you can even say the Giants defense too. I was at Giants-Pats in 2021, so this is my second joint practice, covering my second joint practice in my, in my career. Oh, that feels weird to say, but it was – this was cool because I feel like the the vibe that the Giants give in their practices is very different from what Dan Campbell gives in their practices versus it was Joe Judge, who was a Bill Belichick disciple, going to Bill Belichick back in 2021. So the vibes were kind of similar there since the, the practices were so ran similarly where like clearly the, like what you know Dan Campbell brings a little bit more energy in his staff of all former players, bring a little bit more energy to their practices compared to Brian Dable, who was, you know, we hear multiple times on the show with people that we bring on, they run kind of like a country club. But it was cool to see these two teams come together. Definitely a better day two for the Giants versus the day one. So they competed, like, hard, hard, hard. And I because of that, I don't expect the Giants starters to start in the in – the, or starters no, to play not. in the first preseason game. And Dan Campbell's, like, saying the same thing all week, where Brian Dable – like it's so funny. Brian Dable is still like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk as a staff like tonight and really come together with the decision. Like, no, the, like you're telling me you haven't had this decision like yeah, for they know. two months. Um, but Dan Campbell's been pretty open, saying that yeah, we're gonna we're gonna play our starters and the first team throughout these last two days of practice did get a lot of run. And Dan Campbell's kind of been open and candid in saying that this is basically like kind of serving as like a, a preseason game, an opener for them. And now once Friday comes, they're going to the starters are basically going to sit. So I want to talk. We won't be at other practices. So I want to talk about Daniel Jones because we won't get to talk to him until about him until the second preseason game. Uh, but first, why don't we uh, who brought us here? Who brought us here? Who brought us here to Detroit is Manscaped. They're sponsoring our PPPs. They're sponsoring the camp streams. They said, we want it. Hey, we want you guys to go out to Detroit to cover these joint practices. So we're going to sponsor everything that you're doing. And that's awesome. And they will bring you the Platinum Package 4.0. I like to think that we're a pretty Platinum Package uh, at Talking Giants. Bobby Skinner and I giving these uh, training camp reports. Well, Manscaped, they're even better because they have so many products like the Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear Nose, hair, nose and Hair Trimmer, Ultra Premium Body Body Wash, 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, plus deodorant, plus I got something in the mail recently, and I'm going to find the picture because I took a picture of it right before I left. The Handyman Compact Face Shaver. How do you like that? So I'm excited for Manscaped to even further take care of all 
of men's health and my needs. I want you to get 20% off and free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use promo code GIANTS. Use the Platinum Package because the gold standard, it's no longer good enough. Thank you to Manscaped for everything that you do for us. In high school, we had to shave and... We had this one guy who was like he made himself like be the meanest guy, like a staff member. So anytime, but he wasn't because anytime you get in trouble, yeah, like we we like got in trouble like doing something really dumb, and he's like go behind the the you know to the office, sure. and he's just like go to BX, buy a razor, shave your face. So he said go to the BX, buy a manscape, shave your face. All right, let's talk about Daniel Jones. You'll be glad you did. Day one went seven of fifteen, and it was just sloppy and it, it wasn't a day where Daniel Jones was making bad decisions he just was missing guys flat out like he missed Waller twice um on deep passes uh you know Slayton he threw a ball behind him on a slant he just was really off yeah. and it led to a bad like the first bad day for the Giants offense of all training camp and it was like oh, I don't want to see that when they're playing the Detroit line like playing a different team like you know, we were act- at the end of Giants practices and, and MetLife or Quest Diagnostics. We were hoping for a bad day because we wanted to see the defense make some plays. But the first bad day happens against the Lions, so that was kind of a bummer. Uh, day two looked a lot better. 11 of 16, you know, completing 70, you know, that's 70% of the passes. Looked really good in the red zone and also had some other stuff, you know, moving from the 50-yard line. You know, he had touchdowns to Waller. Darius Slayton, who I want to talk about, man, has had a really good camp. He had a a touchdown on about like a 25-yard crossing route where DJ looks off a safety and fires it in the Slayton. And then the next play, they're simulating a two-point conversion. And you can go see the clip on the Giants' social media. I mean, DJ fires that ball in there. It's a beautiful, perfect throw. Slayton makes a tough grab, gets the hip and bounds touchdown, and he just looked a lot better. Now, that being said, we also saw in day two Daniel Jones' worst decision of any training camp practice, oh, yeah. which was a dropped interception on a stick route from Jalen Hyatt. He also uh, underthrew a Darius Slayton ball, which we had seen before in other practices against Deontay Banks, but Slayton was still able to make the play versus Alliance. Cam Sutton uh, broke it up for them. But was good to see day two. They really came back and, and came firing. And Darren Waller and Daniel Jones supposedly had talked to the team before practice after that day one and we're like hey let's you know let's come out here with more energy and 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 play up to the Lions level and play better you know Isaiah Hodgins told reporters that and they definitely did on day two yeah which is that was that really surprised me you know I don't really know Darren Waller Darren Waller seems very very well spoken and you know the fact that he's a veteran you know he's one of the I would say besides Cole Beasley, probably one of the older guys on the offense, not counting Sterling Shepard, but still Darren Waller, I think is not, like he's being looked at as the lead catalyst and like in this quote unquote receiving tight end room that the Giants have the pass catchers room, so so to speak. So, but even Daniel Jones, and I think you know I hate to you know just uh, you always do the natural comparison to Daniel Jones to Eli Manning, but whenever Eli did it, you kind of never expected it. But, hey, Daniel Jones got that second contract. Daniel Jones wears the C on his shirt. I kind of like hearing that. He felt like he had something to say after that first day, and so he said it. Yeah, and the Lions, like, they're not great on the interior rush, but they do have, like, some – like, they signed Cam Sutton. Brian Branches have been awesome. Chauncey Gardner uh, has been – you know, we know he's a good player. Uh, like in Brian Branch, who was I haven't seen I didn't see a ton of him, but we were talking with Lions people. And they're like, man, he's like the best player on the defense right now. And I, from, and I loved him from day one. 
I'm ex- he's actually so actually he probably won't play in the probably preseason, won't play. But he's someone I just want to watch their his rookie season play out. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you mentioned the old line. Yeah, the I think line. I think like from this week, everybody's been talking about Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones recovered well on day two, but Daniel Jones had a bad day one. I think the main takeaway from this week is finally seeing, particularly the interior. Evan Neal's obviously still you know still in concussion protocol, so we got to see Matt Parrott, Andrew Thomas. I'm I'm sure he took care of his business, but particularly the interior offensive line, kind of led by John Michael Schmitz really taking care of their business both days. And that's like one of my main takeaways from the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and again, the interior of the Lions' rush is not very good. But John Michael Smith did look really good, and he was going from playing against the Giants where they have one of the best rush Dexter duos, Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams in, in the NFL, where DJ wasn't getting pressured a ton and at the Giants' camps, but he was getting pressured, although he was still delivering and making throws. Out here in Detroit, he had clean, clean pockets. Like the, the throw that was underthrown uh, under to Slayton, he had legitimately like four or five seconds to throw that ball. Yeah. And there was nobody – like it was a great protection up front. And even on, like on the Slayton, you know, two-pointer, like, hey, he had he had protection. He stepped up and fired in a bullet. You know, obviously they're not actually turning in the sacks. But like the only real bad like protection on day two was an Aiden Hutchinson coming in on a stunt, which is you got to pick those up. But – in practice, what I look for more is just guys losing their matchups, and right. that just didn't happen. So obviously, we got to see them. We have to see them in a middle ground, you know, versus interior rush. And hey, and and the NFC East are going to be playing great interior rush, yep. you know, with the Commanders with Payne and and Allen. You know, the the Cowboys added some guys, and then the Eagles obviously still have their interior rush and their ex, uh, their guys on the edges too. But it was really nice to just see us go up and compete against another team, and our offensive line wasn't overwhelmed, right. which has happened in, la- in previous joint practices. You know, like you're coming out of it, and it's like, man, just constant pressure, constant pressure, constant pressure. Yep. So I don't care how bad it is. It was it was a hell of a lot better to see that than coming here and be like, yeah, they were dealing with a lot of pressure. Like, So I'm glad that the one bad day was simply Daniel Jones just missing guys. Because we haven't seen a lot of that in his – like we've seen Daniel Jones make bad decisions – I don't really remember ever having a game where I was like, damn, Daniel Jones just missed guys left and right at, yeah, at any point throughout his career. He's an extremely accurate quarterback, you know, so if there's an off day that's due to accuracy, I can live with that because yeah. after four years of watching him, we know he's a he's a pretty damn accurate quarterback. And, you know, you watch other quarterbacks, and this is, this is a syndrome of watching one team, and it's like you analyze every great thing and bad thing as like, you know, like yeah. to the polar polar opposites. But when you do watch other quarterbacks play around the league, like even some of the best ones, they just have these misses that Daniel Jones has has not had. So I'm glad that that's what uh, was what the day one uh, issues were. Yeah. It wasn't from interior pressure. Yeah. It wasn't from bad decisions from Daniel Jones. It was simply him just missing. But question for you, I a theme of this summer so far has been. Daniel Jones has been attempting, let me see if you can catch this throws, where that's to Darren Waller. We've seen this to Paris Campbell a little bit, sometimes to Darius Slayton. But Darius Slayton has been known to, you know, for those one-on-one kind of, you know, pseudo-contested catch opportunities where guys are kind of blanketed on you because Darius Slayton's just targeted down the field a decent amount. Do you feel like some of the throws that Daniel Jones maybe missed on day one were attributed to some like, hey, I'm just going to maybe see if you can make this player not really throws that he's made 
in the past, like thinking of like maybe a larger average depth of target down the field, stuff like that. No, I actually thought he did that more on day two. Like one of his incompletions on day two was Slayton coming across back in the end zone. And I think maybe Jones in a game doesn't throw that, but fired it in. And then the the social media clip that we saw yeah. day one, it was just flat out missing guys. Okay. You know, the, like the, the Waller ones, Waller beat his guy twice. And he just one time was just a, a slightly underthrown. It wasn't the worst ball in the world, but did slightly underthrow it. And then the second one, Waller totally cooked the linebacker and he just missed him high, yeah. uh, far and outside. So we, I actually, now there was a Darius Slayton drop on day one where it was a really like tight throw where Slayton had the jump, but he dropped it. But he also had like a, a ball behind Slayton. But I, I do want to talk about Darius Slayton because now that we are done at practices, we've been to 11. I've charted all the catches and throws and whatever. Waller has 22. Catches, yeah. Next on the list is Darius Slayton with 18. And then Paris Campbell is 16, who Paris Campbell has a lot of design touches that are like behind the line of scrimmage. So it's not like it's not like they're just battling for who's get you know winning the most down the field. Saquon has 16, we know as the running back position. Those are mostly checkdowns. And then Hodgins 11. Like Slayton, I it's I am expecting big things out of Darius Slayton this year. Yeah. Like his speed obviously is always gonna flash, but I think he's been separating at a better level, been better at the release. We're not seeing the drops that we've seen in past camps and obviously games too. And I think he's like grown as a route runner to separate because it's not like he's just getting like speed plays on crossers and getting and you know, stacking a corner and getting deep. He's getting like he he's just beating Adore Jackson consistently in Giants camp. He, out of all the receivers here uh here in, in Detroit, he's been the one that's been most open and obviously the most targeted too. So I am at a point now coming out away from this, and I know we've asked every beat reporter about which like it's been my favorite question of the offseason. And my my answer's always been Darius Slayton. Now I'm just like, it better be Darius Slayton. Yeah. Like if you don't think Darius Slayton, I think you're wrong. And I don't think that's just in yards because he creates big plays. I think it's gonna be more catches than Paris Campbell. Really? Because they're gonna rotate to some of the slot guys. I think it's gonna be more than Hodgins. I think like if if Hyatt's on the field, I think Hodgins reps are gonna suffer compared to Darius Slayton's in that. Darius Slayton to me has been the consistently got consistent guy there for four years. Had his best season last season as far as efficiency and stuff besides touchdowns. And I think year two in this system with confidence built back up and this coaching staff from day one having a big role for him, not being forced into having a role for him. I am excited for Darius Slayton on this New York Giants team. And I think Darren Waller being there and, uh, you know, having the pressure, you know, having what him he not being the, the number field. one target. Yeah, even though he's the number one wide receiver, he's not the number one target in the receiving game. So I am at a point now that we are leaving practices. I'm not going to see Darius Slayton play besides preseason games until this uh, week one versus Dallas, and I am confident in him. Yep. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I, I, I truly believe that we're going to come away from this year and be happy with Darius Slayton unless the freaking drops pop up and are bad and bad and right. bad. That is the biggest. But even with those drops, I'm super confident he's going to be the Giants' leading receiver as far as wide receivers, not over Darren Waller, and be extreme, just as important as he was last year. Just as important as he was last year on a team that had no wide receiver Well, hopefully talent. a little bit more because, well, <laughs> Darius Slayton was really important last year, but hopefully there's more of an impact because we want more big plays. You know, that that's what we want more out of this offense. You know, Darius Slayton had 13 or 14 20 plus yard catches last year and no other Giants receiver had more than 3, which is which is kind of bananas. Uh, Daniel Jones had 27 passing plays of 20 plus yards and Darius Slayton had I it was th- it was 13 because it was almost half of Daniel Jones's 20 plus yard passing plays. But this is exactly what we've been asking for for 
management and GMs or you know whoever who's you know, helping shape and form this team to do with Darius Slayton because every year we we enter a year saying oh Darius Slayton is shouldn't be or is not going to be the team's leading receiver and it's going to be somebody else it's going to be Galladay it's going to be Tony and then every year it's been nope it is going to be it, it is Darius Slayton and what I feel like the Giants have done a finally a good job with is Darren Waller is going to be a threat that the Giant that opponents have to take care of. Jalen Hyatt, you know, when they are in that, when the, I'm calling it my NASCAR package, where it's Jalen Hyatt, Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell in the slot, NASCAR, there you go, and uh, Darren Waller out on the field for 11 personnel. That is my NASCAR speed package. Go, 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 go. And you have to worry about Paris Campbell's speed. You have to worry about Jalen Hyatt's speed. Darius Slayton used to be the only weapon in the passing game that teams would have to worry about. And he was still productive despite teams respecting the speed of Darius Slayton. Now it will hopefully hopefully open some more things up for him. You mentioned the drops. It, it's been really cool to see how he's attacked the ball in the air this camp. That's been a thing that, you know, some of his, you know, his wide receiver coach has talked about and that clip's been circulating around social media. He saw it in the clip, uh, you know, during that two-point conversion where he's running towards the back corner of the end zone, snacks that snacks that ball out in the air, doesn't let the ball kind of come into his chest. So Good stuff from Darius Slayton this this uh, this summer. Let's see it translate in the fall. Last thing on offense before I let you talk from the defensive stuff, just quick. With, we're talking wide receivers. Uh, I think Hodgins' stock is that went up a little bit. I mean, he had eleven catches through yeah. eleven practices. Five of them came uh, versus the Detroit Lions and team drills. We're only talking about eleven on eleven here, and he was he did some good things. Campbell, the things that we talked about when we did our player profile on him, when we did our free agency edition podcast. You're seeing some of that come up because he's not playing against Darnay Holmes consistently. Mm-hmm. And like when he's he just doesn't separate great versus man coverage in the quick game. If you get him down the field, that's where he can show off his speed and, and work leverage and stuff. But he still has some work to go as a, a separator versus man coverage in the quick game, which Hodgins does really well. And you saw Hodgins do well in that uh, this this these two days. And Campbell, even when Campbell made catches, they were mostly tight besides like one pick route that he had. Um Still was productive, but it was like, okay, it does look a little different with Campbell yeah. when he's not facing Darnay Holmes. Yeah, with Hodgins, I th- I've come away from these joint practices saying that Hodgins, I think, is going to be a much more productive, and I think he is just a better kind of like in-game wide receiver versus like practice wide receiver because we've seen some of the plays and some of the areas in which Hodgins has been exposed this the past couple of weeks where you know yeah he's a little slow he doesn't get a lot of separation but I think if you put him in that in game atmosphere he can kind of shine a little bit more and that's what we saw last year basically. Uh, why don't we talk about something before we talk about the defense? Oh sure. Oh wow, we're we're banging out another ad and we got to talk about Nutrafol. Nutrafol. New, new sponsor Nutrafol. Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. No more. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. I got to talk about, I'm getting a little bit conscious Aziz, of my hair. Aziz is out. Aziz is out. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, come on, stop. Aziz is out where? Is he out in Detroit? Partying? I just, I, see, I haven't gotten you in a long time, oh, but I did the man. point at my computer. So I was yeah, like, look, I'm did. definitely not tricking you, and I tricked you. Oh, you tricked me. Um, you you think I'm less gullible than you? Like you could you could have just said Aziz is out, and I could have and I would have been like, what? The point the computer trick did get me. Uh, Neutrophil. I've been thinking about like my hair and the condition of my hair recently. I've seen some. 
I've seen some some things from my hair that I'm not excited about, so I'm thinking about trying Nutrafol Scalp Care. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Their drug-free patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Nice. Wow, I love that. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. My, I'm, I'm partially blaming the Giants and the stress of just covering a team that was losing for so long as to why my hair's kind of going to shit sometimes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code TALKGIANTS. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men and enter promo code TALKGIANTS. That's Nutrafol.com slash men. Promo code TALKGIANTS. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. What did you, uh, what did you notice focusing in on the defense? Yeah, so a little bit uh, similar to the offense of a tale of two days for, for the defense. But I, I would say day one, the defense maybe had some better overall, like, flashier moments and good moments uh, in day one compared to the offense. Um, I will say, day two, defense forced three turnovers. We are ending our Giants camp coverage through 11 days, and the Giants' first-team defense does not have a single interception. It's, it, last year, we went sick. We went until the Lamar Jackson versus Julian Love interception. Yeah. And I think we're going to have a year with not very many interceptions again. And I, I've been of the very it's strong belief. a lot belief, more pressure on the offense. I've been of the very strong belief that, oh, the interceptions are going to come because it's kind of just like inevitable that you're not going to be that bad again. But... Man, I, I still do believe it, but even after just sitting through this camp, um, I'm starting to doubt that take that I very strongly believed. Um, I do think like there's going to be hopefully just some more lucky bounces, you know, uh, passes deflected at the line, which I do think that this defense does, you know, between like all the all, all the safeties and the corners and the pass. You know, I know Dex can get his hands up there and the edge rushers can get their hands up there. So I think that there are going to be more interceptions, but man, it's going to be pretty tough to come by. And the Giants are going to have to rely on a little bit of luck to get those interceptions. But so, yeah, day two, the defense did force three turnovers. And it was three forced fumbles. It was Dane Belton in certain packages, by the way. Dane Belton was out there with the first team defense, not as a starter per se, but there were some packages where Wink Martindale would put four safeties on the field, uh, two corners, and um, two, four to three safeties, two to three corners, and then you would have three three down linemen where you would have decks and then your two edge rushers and then one linebacker. Um, so it would be like Bobby McCain and Dane Belton were the additional two safeties next to Pinnock and McKinney. So Dane Belton, one of the plays uh, was an awesome uh, screen that the Lions ran. David Montgomery caught the ball. Dane Belton was blitzing up the A-gap. He might have gotten a sack on a particular play, uh, but reads the screen well and then just reaches across David Montgomery's body, takes it clean, and then puts it puts it in his hand right away, carries it, and it would have been it would have been a touchdown. Um, and then Jordan Riley, Kayvon Thibodeau forced another fumble. Kayvon Thibodeau had two fumble recoveries during Thursday's practice. The Dane Belton one was maybe the coolest forced fumble I've ever seen. It was and so it, clean, 
And I even had like like a someone quote tweeted with the Jamal Adams versus Daniel Jones, and I was like, fair. But even but now I'm thinking about it, I was like, no, it's not. Daniel Jones is a quarterback with the ball right here. Yeah. That you had a running back running forward, and he just ripped it out of his hands, yeah, just like and, and walked the other way. So I'm actually, even though it's not a game, obviously, but that was like the. I couldn't like I watched that twenty times. I, was like, yeah. I can't believe he pulled that off. Like, Dane how, Belt must have huge hands too. David like, to Montgomery to the ball right him. now at five twenty is probably having the worst day of his life. The how way he's getting happen? teared into him for <laughs> for having that. How did that happen? Um, so what we did see though, we saw a lot of linebacker play because the Lions were running the ball a lot through day one and day two. Day one and day two. Anytime that they ran it up the middle. It didn't go anywhere. I mean, this is where Dexter Lawrence comes in. This is when Leonard Williams comes in. Um, and those guys did a good job of stopping the run- runs that were coming up the middle. Day one, anytime the Lions tried to go outside the tackles, they had some success. And, you know, you attribute that to linebacker play, which we know is, you know, a little a little bit suspect outside of maybe Bobby Okereke. Micah McFadden did get both days starting with the first team. Um, I actually thought Micah McFadden the first day looked pretty good. He was tested a lot in coverage. Um, he was tested a lot, kind of, and he made some run stops day one. Day two, he was a little bit more quieter. But I, Micah McFadden has taken that interior linebacker two job, um, and he's and he's kind of ran with it a little bit. It seems like this week, but the runs that were going outside the tackles, you think of linebacker play, then you also think of your edge rusher setting the edge, right? Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau, which inevitably we kind of have that question leading into the season. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the run defense. It's so hard to tell in practice, but they did have some really good moments. The second day was a lot better. The second day where they were running outside the tackles, uh, it was the the Jordan Riley Kayvon Thibodeau force fumble was on a tackle was on a run that was going outside the tackles. Um, Jordan Riley like was a was like a guy that stuck out. I'll talk a little. I'll talk a little bit more. Uh, about him later um, when we're talking about things that we're looking forward to the preseason. But um, definitely, oh, I just killed a fly. Wow. It's because I wasn't focused on it. It didn't think I was going to do it. Um, run defense was much better day two, uh, but I will say the reason why I think the defense overall was better day two is because they weren't running the crossing patterns. They weren't running the play you know, play action with crossing patterns. That you know the you were talking about tight ends just being open in the flats a lot. Yeah. Day one, they weren't doing that day two. So I think that's part partially the reason why the Giants defense did have a lot of success day two is because the Lions weren't doing the things that made them successful day one. All right. Anything else before we kick it to Dan Duggan? No. Um, our camp live streams definitely have a lot more little little nuggets about, you know, the specific... I feel like I'm leaving out so much of, like, certain yeah, players. Yeah, I mean, this is... Yeah. But, um, yeah, so go check out those camp live streams. Appreciate everybody. Um, I know we'll, we'll do this at the end, too, but appreciate everybody sticking with us through uh, everything that we're doing through camp. All right. Uh, why don't you talk to us about something before we get into Dan Duggan? I don't need to talk to you about something. We'll do it after Dan Duggan. All right. And here's Dan Duggan of The Athletic. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we now welcome on to the van from Giant from the Detroit Lions practice facility, Dan Duggan of the Athletic. Would you uh what'd you think of a couple a uh, couple of days of Giants going against a different team? Uh, I think the first day was not very good. And <clears throat> I think today was a lot better. I think that's usually how these go a lot of times. Usually one team comes out and whether the Lions were more fired up. It, the Giants just looked 
like disjointed. Uh, and and full disclosure, I only watch the offense because there's two fields going at the same time. Yeah. You, you know, I take a peek at the defense down, but my colleague Charlotte Carroll, she was there watching that, so I left that in her hands. I just watched the offense yesterday, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll watch the defense today. But the offense was so bad yesterday, I was like, I need to watch it just to see. Like, I, you know, I have a point of reference to see if it got better. It certainly did. Uh, I don't think it was – it still probably wasn't as good as it looked most, you know, East Rutherford practices. Uh, but definitely better, especially in the red zone. They they were clicking there at the end of practice. Um, but yeah, joint practices are just they're just good. Everyone likes them. The teams yeah. like them. The players like them. The coaches like them. We like them because it, it does just get monotonous. And this would be the week where it start to feel like that dog days feeling like oh another, I was there. another practice at Quest, and it just kind of loses some of the juice. And you come out here, and it's it's a different environment, and you get to see different players, and, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff that the coaches talk about. It's true. It's it's and for us, like it's not just for them. It's fun for us too. Do you think the practice intensity of the Lions kind of threw the Giants off for a loop because we kind of saw it with the hard knocks last summer it's a it's a very player driven ex-player driven coaching staff and we know that Dable Dable's intense on the field but I would say overall the practices are pretty lax that the Giants have so it was quite a different dichotomy there do you think at least the first day that that maybe threw the Giants off a little bit I think it could have you know they, they had to travel to they practice Monday travel here there's a lot of factors and you know you're not coming for a game so like it's funny um, the players were walking by us to go out to the practice field, and usually I'll, you'll see guys in like the hallway facility, and they'll say what's up. And I noticed yesterday, even you know, this is Giants players, a lot of them would just kind of walk by me, like they had like their game face on. You kind of forget that these yeah. guys are going to go like just battle for two hours with like three hundred pound men with like bad intentions. At the same time, it didn't feel like they were at the Lions' level of intensity because from the jump, they were chirping, they were celebrating, they were you know gesturing after they break up a pass, and you know anything that CJ Gardner Johnson is obviously going <laughs> to. He's have nuts, a, dude. He's, I mean, it's. He's one of those guys you love him if you're on a team and you hate him if you play against him. But And then, particularly at the end of practice on Tuesday, when there's that red zone period, it felt like every Giants play ended up on the Lions sideline and it was unsuccessful. So that they just kept getting louder and louder and getting into it, the Giants. And, and so it just felt like, yeah, they had more juice, they had more energy. Uh, and, I, you know, there was no fights. There was not really anything particularly close. Um, but it did feel like the Giants kind of matched just sort of the edginess that the Lions came out with yep. in, uh, in today's practice. O'Shane, O'Shane Zimmons got his ass kicked on a run play, and there was almost a fight. I looked over and saw the, the patented, uh-huh. like, both guys grab each other's face mask. Uh-huh. My money, I would have put any amount of money on Cam Brown I starting yelled. a fight because he was out there at that time when things were getting chippier and chippier, and he's always, like, the first yeah. one ready to get involved. Well, he got dragged less. Yeah, no, so I was shocked that it didn't escalate, but hey, I guess that it's a good sign. They listened to the coaches and, and didn't take it over the line so we've seen nine practices uh, versus the Giants uh, you know the Giants versus the Giants and then two days out here and even on that first day it didn't look like the offense wasn't they weren't like throwing it didn't look like last year's training camp practices where they were just bad decisions balls hitting the ground because of indecision it was just like DJ was missing after seeing with Darren Waller Paris Campbell being in the mix what like what are your reasonable expectations for this offense and has camp changed them at all yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you, know, you can go back to the spring. Just seeing Darren Waller on a football field, like we've all we've all known he's a good player, and we've all seen the stats and seen the highlights. But like it, it is like an X factor, game changer, whatever type of term like that you want to use. Because um, I think if they didn't have him, and you know, you add Paris Campbell, you add Jalen High, like I don't think this offensive ceiling would go up significantly. Maybe those guys are a little better than the players were in their spots last year. He's the He's the key piece. Like, if they, if there's one guy they can't afford to lose, I would say, offensively, aside from DJ and maybe Andrew Thomas, but in terms of skill players, it's, it's, it's Darren Waller. To me, I think, because again, I think you can mitigate other guys. I don't, there's no one else who can replicate what he does. So, now what does that translate to? I mean, they obviously weren't a really high scoring offense last year. 
I don't think they're suddenly going to end up you know, scoring 30 points a game. But I think that they'll have a lot more dynamic elements. I think there'll be games where they do score a lot. Like, I don't right. think they're going to have to, like, play, like, four corners offense like they did in games last year where they're just trying to, like, not turn the ball over and survive and win, you know, 20 to 13. I think there will be some games where they can open it up. And I think he's he's the key factor. Hyatt is going to be, like, the, the big play guy. And, yeah, Campbell, I think, is just, like, you know, he's kind of, like, an upgraded version of Richie James. He can do a lot more, but, like, kind of that guy. Like, he's a slot guy, and, and they move him around a lot. If there was any player, that though, that I thought maybe had, like, compared to versus the Giants players that didn't do the same was Paris Campbell because he was – I mean, he was winning pretty easily versus Darnay Holmes and Cordell Flott where here is like, okay, he got some catches, but mm-hmm. they were always pretty close and contested versus some of the Lions' man coverage. But Slayton – this has been my question for everybody is who, which wide receiver do you think is going to lead the Giants from receiving? It seems like Slayton is like, after coming off of probably his best season just like efficiency-wise, is like primed to be the Giants' leading receiver outside of Waller again. Yeah, so you're asking leading wide receiver? Yeah, leading I think wide Waller's receiver probably going to lead. Uh, in yards, I definitely think him. Maybe Campbell in receptions because he's going to have a lot of like shorter. You even see it out here. It's like swing passes and almost screens sometimes. So that's going to boost up the reception tools. But, no, I definitely think Slayton because, you know, he's the downfield threat. And it's not just deep. I mean, you do see a lot of him with like those 15-yard dig roads or, or you know, deep outs. So, I, yeah, I think he'll be that guy. And, um, you know, obviously he and DJ have a, a great rapport. And that, that's continued here this summer, whether it be these two days uh, and certainly back in Jersey. Which guy – did you think stood out the most for the Giants uh, versus in just these two practices versus the Lions? Ooh, that is a good question because I'm trying to think. We just got off the field here. Uh, I mean, Slayton had a nice touchdown catch today. Uh, two, actually, right? Back-to-back. Yeah, uh, they had the touchdown, and I think they just simulated a two-point conversion. Okay, and yeah, that yeah, was yeah. even a more impressive it was, play than the it touchdown. Was. Uh, so, yeah, he, off the top of my head, he's the one that jumps up because, again, I didn't watch the defense. I did see the highlight of Dane Belton just like, Ripping the ball away from he the had, Lions. He had two forced fumbles. That's the best forced fumble I've ever seen <laughs> in ins- my life. It was insane. So first, first team defense forced three fumbles, and it was it was kind of crazy. How about um, I know it's you know the the offensive line. It's tough to like yeah. stand out, but John Michael Schmitz. I think it's I think what stands out. Yeah, because I'm not. It's, gonna it's him, tough. To, I'm not going to pretend I can break down how he right, did. Right, right, What I will break down is he took every single first team center snap, and that's. That's what matters, and that's what's important because they're obviously yeah. breaking it down a lot better than you or I could anyways, and they're giving them all those reps. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, this isn't like a starting quarterback where they're going to announce the starting center, but it was caught your attention, obviously, last week when Bredesen came back in. It felt like that position was done. Then they gave Bredesen the reps. You come here and give Schmitz all of these reps in this setting, which every coach says is so important and so valuable, and you're evaluating them at, at such a higher level. So the fact that he got all those reps, and it wasn't like it was a disaster. There wasn't right. free runners, and, and obviously he wasn't getting you know blown into Jones's uh, lap over and over. So uh, I think, yeah, I think that competition is probably nearing nearing its end. It's the guards' positions is, is totally unsettled. Yeah. I, I want to ask about that. And it was – so the the O-line went from maybe the strongest interior group to one of the weakers in, uh, groups in the Lions, and I thought they actually held up well besides some Parrott versus Hutchinson matchups. I know Hutchinson got in today on a stunt, but stunts – I don't really care about them in practice too much. But the thing that is like every time you think you've got a good grasp on it, who the hell is starting at guard? Because even now it's like – I, I had Mark Lewinsky, even though I didn't want to, and I asked you guys to, like, rip into them if they didn't, but they're actually, like, giving Bredesen snaps yeah. at right guard still. And, like, you know that's got to eat alive at Glowinski, like, taking second-team reps. It's not like a Trey Hawkins or Dory Jackson situation. What it like, now that we're done at practices, right. do you have any grasp on what five they're going to roll out there for the first game? 
Uh, I mean, obviously the tackles are locked in, and I think the center is locked yeah. in. And I think it's obviously three guys for two spots. But I always thought it was basically Bredesen and Zuda for left guard. and Because and, even Shane, I once he was at the Combine, when he, I asked him a question about the O-line, and he referenced Glowinski as, like, a locked-in type guy. He did. And in the spring, you saw nothing. And for the first, like, five practices, you saw nothing. And then all of a sudden, it was like Bredesen got a day. And it, like I said, it wasn't a rest day because if you're going to rest day, he wouldn't then go run with the twos. And the fact that he, when he's not with the ones, he's with the twos tells you it's more like depth chart. It's not rest. It's not like a door you just gets a day off when, when Hawkins gets those reps. Uh, so, yeah, today it was funny. They would be... Bredesen at left guard, Galinsky at right guard, and then they switch within a drive. So you really have to like keep keep uh, keep you on your toes with that. So to me, it feels wide open. Like it's truly three guys for two spots. I didn't think that'd be the case. I think that's the way it should have been. And I just think a lot of times in this league with finances and cap hits and, and pride yeah. and ego, you don't want to swallow and say, "Hey, we might have you know made a bad investment here." But I mean, listen, it's not a crippling investment, and, and he didn't play well last year, so I think he, he should have to battle for his job regardless what of if the they, What if they rotate? They're you know, going to rotate. It's going to be so annoying. They're going to rotate it. They're going to rotate it both left and right guard. <laughs> Imagine? I don't that's, think that's... Because that's what it's like... Said it, the frustrating... I, like I, It makes me frustrated, Dan. Not like, oh, who's the starter? Like, obviously, you know, Dable's not going to tell you who the starter is, and it could still be, like, up in the air right now. But what's frustrating is just not having clarity on, like, you'll have John Michael Schmitz at center for four days, and then Ben Bredesen's mm-hmm. at center. And even, like, if you'll ask Dable, like, oh, what what's the thought process here? He won't give you no. a real answer. So that's, like, the frustrating thing is just as a fan observing camp and coming to all these practices is just not knowing the why behind why are we changing the interior three so much throughout camp so far. No, That's I mean, a frustrating thing. With all the rotating they've done in camp, that was sort of the conclusion I was coming to. Like, they're just going to have a rotation again because they did it yeah. last year with uh, with Gates and Bredesen, with Zudu and Bredesen. But now, I'm, yeah, I don't I don't think you can do like a three man rotation. But I, maybe they're going to rotate. That's like what it looks I like. Know, it's and maybe crazy. They, or maybe they'll rotate right guard and have Zudu be the left guard. And Bre- like, I feel like Bredesen is going to be like the guy who gets screwed here because he's probably the best of the three. Correct. And he's going to have to play fifty percent of the snaps. That is exactly why they're doing a rotation. It's because they want it to be. They want Glinsky at right guard. They gave him the biggest contract that first season. And then Azudu is the guy they draft in the third round. John Michael Smith is, but Bredesen is the one that's outperforming all of them. <laughs> so it's like, how can you look that guy in the face and say, nope, you are not on the field with yeah. these guys? It's yeah. going gonna, gonna to be fast. I definitely would be surprised if week one there isn't some rotation at one of the guard spots. Which will be funny to see the f- fan base kind of rip Joe Judge to shit for rotating, and then with Dave will be like, oh, well, it's good. <laughs> um, Justin, I know you had some... Uh, you didn't get too much look at the defensive guys, um, but Justin, I know you want to talk about sports science. I do. I want to talk about sports science because uh, our, our guy Research Rick, he's NYG fan in okay. Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, gave, he came up with the hashtag, hashtag summer of sports science. And I think... You know, I know you're into the stuff. You're into the you know the nitty gritty and you know all the behind the scenes stuff too that a lot of people aren't you know that a lot of people don't talk about. I think that has been the biggest X factor, and it's made one of the more like quieter big impacts this camp. But the fact that like there's I'm knocking on wood. There's not a lot of major injuries, and guys are practicing, and they're and they're all just kind of out there. And even if you know you'll have Aziz take a day or whatever, you know even Jihad Ward t- took some days. Maybe he was working through something. But you know, talk to me about I don't know if it's stuff that you heard, stuff that you're observing, uh, the integration of you know the summer of sports science, and even like the new playing surface and things like that. Okay, yeah. So new playing surface, it's um it's on the indoor facility. So I've only had the one practice. It was I thought it was cool. the outdoor too. No, I think that's, no? Still just, that's just the regular grass. So they haven't then done it. Then I lied to people. <laughs> uh, glad I can set the record straight. Uh, no, so they only had one super light practice there. Dable said 
you know, it felt players said it felt softer. I mean, again, how could I could possibly tell right, you if it right. feels any different to me? Um, run, again, run, <laughs> run about a two hundred yards and let me know. <laughs> the uh, the proof is going to be in the pudding, obviously, with injuries and stuff like that when they get in games. Because obviously, MetLife got replaced as well. Um, but just the more general sports science stuff. Yeah, I mean. Like, Dable clearly adheres to it. And Dable's funny. Like, he has very – like, every coach has this, but he's very, like, beholden to, like, competitive advantage stuff. He doesn't give anything about what that means beyond yeah. just uses, like, the sports science staff, and he never really gives any insight on why they do things. Like, like Jihad Ward, he'd be saying he's resting, but then be like, well, he's got a little something that's not anything. Like, he missed, it, like, eight days in yeah, a row. Yeah, there's no way he wasn't dealing with some sort of injury. Or Leonard Williams missed a couple of days, and he comes back out with his arm, like, wrapped to the hilt. And, and he even had a, he had a comment where he said, well, it depends what we're resting on, guys. So, basically, it's like, <laughs> if they have an injury, we rest that body part. You know, it's like, so, it's very much semantics. But, no, uh, still, I'm kind of being just picking on surface-level stuff. Bigger picture, they very much adhere to that. The GPS stuff, like, yep. you see guys who – um, like Saquon did very little today. I'm sure that was because his readings yesterday and his injury history, they factor all it in. I'm actually surprised that Waller has done so much. He's had a few days where they've scaled him back and maybe within, sometimes within practice, if a guy's out there at the beginning, you kind of lose track. If you know, maybe they did scale him back and you just weren't paying that close attention. He's, he, you know, you kind of notice with him, um, but he's been out there a lot and he said yesterday he feels great. Um, but no, that's definitely a big kind of initiative with this whole regime. I mean, cause obviously for all the, uh, accolades they got last year, the injury situation didn't really get any better. I mean, they right. had a lot of guys, a lot of the rookie class, they had a lot of guys miss time. So like you said, for, your, for their sake, I'll knock on wood that haven't had a ton of that so far in camp. And, you know, I think it kind of goes back to one of the first things we're talking about, where it's, it's a lighter practice with Dave. He, you know, so it's kind of like, well, you have to get ready to play football, but you don't want to get hurt in that process. Right. And that's such a fine line and such a balancing act. And he, he definitely errs on the side of like, let's, kind of ease and take yeah. it easy where it's like say like Joe Judge is like you know let's callous them and, and yeah. work them super hard and then they'll be ready for you know the fourth quarter and obviously you know different methods can have different results and um, for this one obviously so far it's worked out with this camp but you know a long way to go for sure coffee coffee you don't drink coffee I uh, yeah I will not be a very good supporter of this ad oh, read for your sake no but this episode this interview uh, it's brought to you by Chris's Coffee because they want you to try it that's the main point they're a family run New York based coffee roaster and you you're a family man you're a big family man and the leading importer of Italian made espresso machines and service provider my mother my own mother loves Chris's Coffee takes it with uh, cream and sugar. I drink it black, and I think drinking black coffee is the way to tell if it's good coffee, and it's good coffee. The coffee is from bean to brew, meaning that they import their own beans in-house, roast it, pack it, and ship it right to you. Family-owned and bean to brew? That sounds awesome. Roasting capacity at their brand-new 64,000-square-foot facility is now upwards of 2,300 pounds of coffee per hour. That's a lot of coffee. And beginning today, today, right now, you can use code JOMBOY at checkout to receive a free one-pound bag of our brand-new Giant Java Coffee, not the computer, with any order over $50 plus free shipping. Discount discount can't be combined with any other offers. If you're in the market for an espresso machine, grinder, or just a great taste in coffee, talk to the espresso coffee experts at the fly in my face at www.chriscoffee.com. They've assembled a passionate world-class sales team eager to help you and guide you on your just espresso jersey. www.chriscoffee.com. Um, you'll be glad you did. Glad Use you promo did. code Tromboy. And Ad Reed, during the interview, would you tell Chris's Coffee you have me on? And they were like, we'll pay any amount to get uh, during that segment. They're sponsoring the Dan Duggan yeah, interview. We, I mean, usually our ads go for like 20000 an episode. <laughs> yeah. This one was a little more. Um, the fly was in my face. Was I'm there sorry. any – I know you wrote an article with the Lions athletic reporter yeah. about Lions uh, – 
bubble guys. I was watching like the corner number 20. I can't remember his name now. Yeah. Was there anyone that stood out for you or was it kind of hard to see what those guys were doing? It is hard because obviously you're watching, you know, the Giants guys first and foremost. There was a corner. I'm trying to look at my roster right now as I buy time. His name was like Starling. Starling. I, it was either 27 or 49 who I was watching. If it was yeah. 27, it was the guy I was watching. 49. Starling Thomas. Uh, I mean, I don't know what his stats with the team. He's a rookie. Um, you know, but the Giants cornerback depth is a sort of spot where you could definitely see, you know, a post cut day addition. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, I, he stuck out to me a little bit. Um, but yeah, you, and obviously you're watching mostly the ones you're focusing on that. Like I would say like Cam Sutton looks really good. Not that they're going to, yeah, gonna I had, him. I had a Cam Sutton comment on the stream yesterday and Alliance fans like, yeah, he's our number one corner. Like, <laughs> so, he's like, oh. so probably not going <laughs> to hit the waiver wire, but no, um, yeah, I know. Cause I did that article and, and um, picked the brain of, of Colton Pouncey, our, our Lions writer. And, um, I try to say, like, you know, if they're going to cut like a wide receiver, it's probably not Giants are probably going to be in the market for one. But, you know, the positions that the Giants need, they don't have a you – know, he didn't, like, identify a ton of quality depth. depth. He actually said Julian O'Quara, Romeo's brother, could be on the chopping block as an edge rusher. I think some way, shape, or form they're going to have to bring somebody in there. But, you know, as more time goes by, it doesn't seem to me a veteran because those guys are kind of going off the shelf. Uh, but no, there was nobody who jumped up. Honestly, that might be more the game for at least us. I'm yeah. sure the, you know, the um, – the personnel staff for the Giants is watching those guys. But, yeah, I'm, I'm more focused on the ones and the Giants. But on the game, maybe someone will, will pop and, and you'll realize, oh, that guy was actually good in practice. And, and then in three weeks when he gets cut, you wouldn't be surprised if he ends yep. up here. Speaking of brothers on the Lions, did you realize Stephen Gilmore's little brother is on the Stephon, Lions? Stephon Gilmore. Or Stephen, but it's spelled like Stephen with a P-H. Yeah, His brother's Stephon name is Stephen oh, with wow. a V. I did not. I did not. Know. I there's couldn't there's that no way the parents name that. There's <laughs> no way they did. The that. next one's going to be like less, either like Stefan oh, or Stefan, Stefan. Just Steven. all spelled the same. Um, I know you weren't necessarily watching the defense, but this was just kind of a theme even coming in here. Any concern with the lack of pass rush, or, or even kind of like looking at our edge depth? And I know Ashawn Robinson's been out, and I know Nacho's been out, but even like looking at the interior defensive line depth behind Dex and Leo, it gets me a little anxious. Where are you on all that? Uh, not so much the D line depth, because you figure you know they did bring in Nacho and, and Ashawn, and obviously yep. they've been a little you know slow to get out of the gates. Whether it be you know Nacho's had kind of a star cross camp with a car accident, and now he's got a groin injury, and then Ashawn's come off the pups, so they're kind of slowly ramping him up. But I think you kind of know. What both those guys can do, and it's an upgrade from what they had last year. Correct, yeah, the edge. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of baffling to me that they just ran it back with the same group. Even if you weren't going to, you know, spend like just bringing somebody who's not Ocean Zimenez, or that you just change yeah. the the room up a little bit because I think you know what what you had last year wasn't very good. So you know, they brought Ward back. I get he's a you know a big vibes guy and stuff, but I'm surprised they didn't you know even just a late round pick something there to just add a little life. That's why I keep thinking they're going to add somebody. And Justin Houston was a guy who made a ton of sense until you saw the money. He got real money. Yeah, you think yeah those this- guys were always going to get money. I knew that. The longer it went, though, you're thinking, okay, it's going to be like $3 million with a lot of incentives. He's got like, what, six or seven, like, guaranteed. Like, and, and Ngakwe got even more than that. So it's like, if you're just waiting it out, it's like, it, it's going to be a while probably because, you know, the market is still pretty pretty good for those guys. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a position that, that concerns you. Obviously, Ojolari, you know, you know, his history last year. If the top two guys stay healthy, you're in good shape. But can you just bank on that? I mean, obviously, last year. Uh, it was lean at times. They they got they survived it, but I don't think you want to live like that again. Right. Jihad Ward is all vibes, no pass rush. <laughs> um, I think they wanted the draft one, but then they did all the trades. Because you saw O'Shane was signed like a few days right, after that. Right. I think that made – like they probably want to come away from the draft with like at least one new guy in depth weren't able to do that. Um, here's the most important question. What is your record prediction for the 2023 New York Giants? 
what did I say? I think I said like five last year. And I, yeah, I believe you did say five. And then, last and like year. I remember you tweeting me in like week six, like, "Oh, you're wrong." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think you know who got most offended by us tweeting the wrong was John Smilk because he's don't care, he don't care. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, L for John Smilk should have cared. <laughs> It's, it's true. Uh, yeah. So I think, I mean, listen, it's, this is like kind of a, um, like a hacky thing to say because it's been said so much. I think they're a better team, but might not have a better record because I think, you know, the step up in uh, competition, the schedule is obviously tougher. I think, you know, a lot of things went their way last year in terms of close games. That, that sort of tends to kind of regress to the mean. So I don't think I've put one in print. So I'll say eight and nine. Um, just because I'm a pessimist, I could easily go nine and eight, but I'm wow. I'm a pessimist, so I'll say eight nine. And honestly, if you look around the NFC, I still think they'll be in the playoff race at that point. I mean, obviously, be in the race, but I, that could even get you in because there's so many crappy teams in this conference. Obviously, you got two really good ones in their division, um, but I, I think that'll still you know they'll be right there in the mix. Um, but I do I do think the tougher schedule, better quarterbacks they're facing, all that. Um, you look at that that opening stretch, it could be. Yeah. It could be tough. Like, they come out of the gates. Aside from that Arizona game, find me, like, the easy win yeah. they have uh, in the first They, can, they week cannot one. get out of – if they lose to Arizona, it's, like, full oh, panic. Oh, no, time. no doubt. But I'm saying even if you clout that, like, so where's the other win, like, the first, like, six weeks? I mean, okay, Seattle at home, but, like, there's no gimmies beyond, beyond Arizona. Like, it's right. going yeah. to be a tough stretch just to open it up. I think they're really – like, stealing one versus Dallas to start the season I think would be huge for them where they kind of have an advantage of new additions. Definitely have the coaching advantage. I, right. Like, that's a game where it's, like, my expectations for the season kind of swing on week one. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think of us being uh, media scum this these past couple we of days? Were, we were your colleagues for two days. Yeah. Well, uh, actually, I'm, let me turn around to you. What was it like for you guys to be on the other side of the the velvet ropes and see how luxurious life is in the uh, the media workroom and and whatnot? Um. So we we popped in for the Dan Campbell press conference today, and I don't mean this by any disrespect, but you see it manly man and dan campbell and it's just you see a bunch of nerdy people asking him (laughs) questions i'm like this is just a very weird dynamic (laughs) like that was that really threw me off this morning he's all man though it's like (laughs) at least with dable you feel like a little more uh, like equal in terms of uh yeah physiques (laughs) and stuff what was that uh what was that story that dable told today about here how he like got out of a car oh no they guess on the buses were on the way over like one of the Team buses like blew a tire on the highway and oh. stuff, so they had to like pull over and like load them. Everybody, on. everybody, that is my left. worst fear for this van on the way home. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to wreck it, but if a tire goes down, this thing is very easy to flip. Everybody laughed like it was a lot oh, yeah. more funnier than that. Yeah, I mean, the coach ah, pulls ah, you ah, over ah, like that. You got to, you got to do that. Ah, 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 ah. You know what? And that's so. I'm gonna. I may talk about this a little bit more when whenever we record, but. I'm a very personality driven. We're very personality driven people. You're a very personality driven person. I'm a very personality driven person. And I like felt like you can't really show it when you're kind of when you're kind of over there when you're back there when you when we were in there and so and it could just be oh it's our it's our first couple days and we're uncomfortable we don't really know what to do where to go. Um but it 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 just felt it felt weird. You know, because I'm, I'm like a hot dog eating guy. I'm a, you know, I'm a dancing <laughs> Well, my thing was guy, like don't and... cuss in the tweets or anything like that. Also, there was like a couple plays the first day where I was like, when DJ overthrew Waller, I gave it like a damn it, and then I was like, oh yeah, I'm supposed uh, no, to be reporting. No cheering in the press box. Yeah, yeah. That. That's Be- violation number one. You'll get someone who have an angry tweet about you. Like, <laughs> oh, the Giants fans on the sideline. Yeah, yeah I gave, I was like, damn it. And I was like, oh, maybe quiet down a little bit. Um, it was it was fine. It was it was it was. I, I think in the Giants building, it'd be a lot more awkward. But out here, where it was the Detroit Lions, it's like okay, we're just you guys aren't accustomed to being right, here right. either. Uh, Ed, you got anything else, Justin? No. 
No, it was great seeing you. Great seeing you guys. Go subscribe to The Athletic. Check out at DDuggan21, I believe. Yep. Yep. So you guys have been doing good work, and uh, hopefully uh, we're talking to you after another successful season. Yeah, safe travels home. Where your record prediction is wrong. <laughs> Maybe I'll hear from you week nine. Yeah, at least you bought yourself some <laughs> yeah, time exactly. so you don't get the L in the first six weeks of the season. <laughs> that's tough. That Ravens win last year, because like, the Packers win, like that's really nice, but you still could this could fall apart. And then the Ravens win, I think, was the most – like. Really, the only like fluke of the season because you had Lamar just throw the right. dumbest pass ever, and that Julian Levin was like, "Oh my God, they are going to be five and one." This team that we all predicted to win five and six games is going five and one. Um, so, all right, Dan Duggan, we appreciate you for coming on. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, Sean, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your. <laughs> hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right, thank you to Dan Duggan for coming on the show. Always excited to talk about to talk with Dan Duggan. We were a colleague of his for for two days, and now he's back to being uh, media scum, and we're back to normal people. Uh, Bobby Skinner, I want you to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. New customers, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code World. Bet just five dollars to score one hundred and fifty thousand bonus bets instantly. That's code World only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling prompt call one eight hundred Gambler. Massachusetts call eight. Can I do the disclaimer? Yes. Gamb- oh, gambling phone call 1-800-GAMBLER. Massachusetts call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, and West Virginia, gambling phone call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-887-897777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Often required, max bets $50, 10 plus legroom for 100% boost, eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. You'll be glad you did. All right. Ryan, um, Ryan Blaney won the race. Five guys to watch for Giants preseason game one. That's something we do every year for the first preseason game. Don't, we're not going to go into detail on that. Just kind of give your guys in a list. Number one for me, Javarius Owens. One, because I'm a various Owens stan. But he because of the Giants' like safety room right now, don't look at my fucking list. Um, because of this Giants' safety room right now, like he hasn't gotten much opportunities. But every time I, on the third team, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to watch Javarius Owens. That's the guy I'm most interested in here. And they just never gets tested. He had some good plays in the run versus alliance. So Javarius Owens is my number one guy to watch, Justin. Javarius Owens was my number two guy to watch. So I, I agree with you. My number one guy to watch is Deontay Johnson. UDFA out of Toledo, mm-hmm. I believe. He's been running with the threes. He's an interior linebacker. The Giants don't have any interior linebacker depth outside of Bobby O'Karake, Micah McFadden, and Darian Beavers. And Darian Beavers hasn't looked fantastic. I think the Giants like him. Like he's going to be here. He's not going anywhere. Um, and I and I have like I have hopes for Darian Beavers, but this is like his rookie year. I want Deontay Deontay Johnson is going to get a lot of playing time because Carter Coughlin and Cam Brown, they're special teamers. Yeah, they'll play linebacker and interior linebacker in the preseason because they have to, but. Deontay Johnson is probably going to be out there for like three quarters. Yeah. 
Darren Beavers, who you mentioned, is number five on my list. Okay. Because he hasn't looked great coming back from the injury, and I think McFadden is going to win that job. But Beavers is still going to be called on to play this year, most likely, and I want to see him in game action because yep. coming off an injury, game is just going to make a lot. Uh, it's going to look a lot different than practice, um, and and it's you know you you brought up a linebacker. I think linebacker is one of the hardest things to watch in practice, so I want to see it in the game. Darren Beavers is my number five. Who so Javarius Owens is your number two? Yeah, my number two is Cordell Flott. Yeah, oh, he's huge. been running only with the twos. And this isn't, like, if Cordell Flott has a good preseason game, I'm not going to hype it up. But my thing to watch for Cordell Flott is don't do have not a have a game. bad game. Ugh. If you have a bad game, man, and I, I'm just like, man, I, I don't have much hope for you. Yep. You know, and wide receivers, and, and I, I can see that being a possibility. You know, especially with some of the depth the Lions have at wide receiver. So Cordell Flott's my number two, and it's not to go out there and be a star. Hopefully he does. You know, or to, like, come away from, like, man, he's ready. It's just don't go out there and look bad. Because if you look bad, man, you you are not going to win this nickel corner job. My number three is Rodarius Williams. He had a pretty decent practice Thursday um, against the Lions. Almost had an interception. And on that same play where he almost had an interception, he kind of got stepped on a little bit. He got his knee, he got a knee to his head. Knee to his head, but he but he then he came back in with his hand wrapped up and. He came back into practice, which I thought was impressive, showed a little grit. Shout out Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, showing some grit. So Rodarius Williams, while you know, I think Amani Rorier is a guy who's not hot in the giant street streets right now, but if Rodarius Williams can be better than Amani Rorier and provide some uh, you know, depth with outside corners, you know, with with the outside corners, I I'm taking that. So Rodarius Williams, I'm keeping an eye out for you. Number three for me is Jalen Hyatt. Mm. Just because I want to watch that dude freaking run and make some big plays like it's simple it's not i'm not even like looking for big takeaways i just want to watch jalen hyatt play football so he's my number three my number four jordan riley uh jordan riley had a really really good practice on thursday there was some three defensive lineman sets that wink martindale was running where he was taking a slot corner off the field because the lines were running the ball a decent amount a sean robinson is still out and kind of working its way his way back from his injury uh, Nacho has had a very interesting summer from being, you know, in a car accident. Now he's going through something with his groin. So Jordan Riley has been getting more, more and more reps. Even got in there with the first team a little bit, and he has also been out there with the second team. That's going to be another guy where I feel like Jordan Jordan Riley because they because they want to see what they got in him. He's going to play a lot, and he's probably going to be gassed because he is a big, big dude who's going to be asked to play a lot during the preseason. How are you going to hold up? How are you going to perform? Can you get separation? Can you can you get some run stops and, and stuff like that? So I'm keeping an eye out for Jordan Riley. Look better than DJ David. Look better than DJ Davidson than what he did last year. Number four for me is Josh Azudu. Now he may not play, but today, like the last two days, he hasn't been with the. He hasn't started as a starter. He's rotated in. I just want to see his technique, man. I want to see your hand usage. I want to see your feet, uh, you know, move fluidly. I, I don't want you to see you getting embarrassed. You're showing it going up against the Lions, backup defensive tackle. So I want to see really good technique out of Josh Azuda. Yeah. So do you have anybody else on your list? I do. Number five, Eric Ray, a guy that we were really excited about drafting him out of Oklahoma. Arguably, like, the day three pick, because he's a running back and because that's a position that, you know, you can find success early, you know. <laughs> it's sometimes, you know, the, the draft stock and where you're drafted sometimes does not matter for running backs kind of coming in here and having some sort of success in the NFL. So if, you, if you're running out there with the twos or maybe he, he's even getting some first-team reps on, uh, on Friday, 
I'm looking for Eric Gray to have an impact because uh, let's do it because I want to be excited about Eric Gray. All right, so my five guys in, from one to five was Javarius Owens, Cordell Flott, Jalen Hyatt, Josh Azudu, and Darren Beavers. Mine was Deontay Johnson, Javarius Owens, Rodarius Williams, Jordan Riley, and Eric Gray. Very nice. All right, that's an episode. I feel bad that we... We had some we had some like behind the scenes interactions with some players and and coach this this week and we didn't we didn't talk about it. Well, the one biggest interaction made me really mad. So and we can't talk about it. So well, I don't, well I, not not that I'm talking about like you know with, with Dable. We had two interactions. Dable Dable's Dable is a nice little shit talker. I like yeah. I like Dable. I like I like. I mean, I've always he's always been the guy you go get a bar. A, go get a bar with. Go, go get, get a, a beer with. with at a bar. Yeah, but he's a shit. He started. Uh, it was me, you. Art, Art, Connor Hughes, I and think Connor was, Hughes was next to us uh, before practice, and I didn't even know what he was saying at first. He's like, he's like, you want the script? I'm like, hell yeah! And he's like, all right, spit it back to me. And he's like, yeah, like uh, I thought he was gonna give us. He's something. like, trip, like oh, trips, trips wide, f split. Like, and I'm like, dude, come on, man, don't, don't, don't do this to me. And then no one else got it right, so I, I felt a little better. And I, and I kind of wanted to like uh, punch right back, and I'm like, all right, well, here's the DraftKings ad read. Read the disclaimer in 60 seconds. Yeah. It's not. It's not so easy. Not so easy, job. coach. What's What's easier, reading a DraftKings ad or yeah. reciting a play? But I definitely felt like Chris Sims. You know that vi- that video. Of oh Chris yeah, Sims John, with John Gruden. Yeah. Well, John Gruden's uh, in, in, insane with that stuff. Yeah, but it was. But it was, it was the cool. same thing. It was yeah. just Gruden gets more mad. Yeah. Gruden, Gruden got a lot more mad at, at Chris Sims than Brian Dable did at Dable. Us. Just wanted to show his football in inferiority. Which, and I did like. You- a, I was like, uh, you know. Just let's do a wave concept. He's like, yeah, that's what we called it at Alabama. We which, don't call it that here. Yeah, which is like very okay. Okay, call, well, what do you call? call it? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, they they call it all the routes. The formation. what do you call it? Um, so, so it was cool. Brian so, Dable. It was cool. So obviously, now I don't really feel comfortable being media for these, but correct. I felt a little more comfortable because we were in Detroit Lions facility, so it wasn't like everybody else we were on everyone else's turf. Yeah. Um, but it, but yeah, it was cool to you know meet some people and shake yeah. some hands. Yeah. Dable didn't look at me like I had five heads when I when I met him. It's like, oh, maybe you know what we're about. Yeah, yeah, he knows he, about the van. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does know about the van, so that's cool. And we talk with some of the players yeah. and stuff. So it it was cool. So uh, hopefully we get opportunities to do this again, and I think we will because we did the numbers and we didn't run on the field and then we didn't ask players for autographs. No. So maybe we can do another joint practice again. So anything else, Justin? Excited for Giants football because it's back on Friday. Dude, we got a preseason game. Come watch the live uh, watch the live stream uh, with us. It's going to be a just me and Justin live stream for a preseason game. We haven't just had a me and Justin live stream like with watching something in a long. I'm time. I'm going to try and find somebody. So look, it's going to be it's going to be fun. So we appreciate you guys. We're driving the van back to, uh, while you're listening to this. We will see you when we see you. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>